Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to Insight, a show about empowering our community. I'm Lorraine Ballard Morrow. Well, we sure know that healthcare workers are heroes. They are risking their lives every day to provide health care during this coronavirus pandemic. And so that's why I was especially happy to bring you interviews with, with some of the nurses selected to be honored by Independence Blue Cross with their 2020 Celebrate Caring campaign. This week, we speak to more of the honorees, Kim Mayer from Einstein Medical Center, Andrea Kirsch from Axia Women's Health, Stacey Lang from Lehigh Valley Hospital, and Colleen Kavanaugh, Vice President of Marketing at Independence Blue Cross. I don't know about you, but you know, I have my days when I'm a little bit stressed out. The uncertainty of what's happening with this COVID-19 pandemic, I think is getting to all of us in some way, shape, or form. We begin by talking about dealing with the impact of COVID-19 on our mental health. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and this is right on time. The interview that we're about to do is with Deb D'Arcangelo. She is CEO for the Council for Relationships, which provides affordable counseling services for those out there who need it. And certainly a lot of us do need some help right now. Deb, this has been a very stressful time under the best of circumstances. But for those who normally don't look to help in behavioral health issues, tell us more about what you are seeing. So we are seeing everybody is under stress and has some anxiety over all of the uncertainty after the outbreak of COVID-19. All of our schedules and normal routines have been turned upside down for many people. So there's a huge amount of stress and concern and just the fact that we're either getting too close together in terms of having to stay at home and be with members of our family or significant others and children uh, constantly. But then we can also have people who are really separated and with social distancing, they're by themselves. And so they're feeling socially isolated. So it's kind of an interesting mix that people are feeling stresses and differences and changes and concerns about uncertainty and certainly the economy and jobs that's playing you know a major role with, I think, the mental health of all of us today. Deb, I heard a phrase that I'd never heard before, and it's called skin hunger. And that is apparently a syndrome where if you don't get enough physical contact with a human being or with a pet, perhaps, that actually it can reduce your immune system. So uh, we are being, especially those who live alone and are forced to really stay at home and not have a lot of contact with anyone, that human contact has so much impact on us more than perhaps we even realize. Yes, I think that that's true. And you'll, I, I know I've read about the animal shelters all being cleared out for the first time because so many people have adopted pets because they really do want that contact with another being and trying to get it how they can with pets. But it's very interesting, too, with people doing video conferencing and whether it's Skype or FaceTime or Zoom, that they're staying in touch. And in fact, they're getting in touch with people in ways that they haven't. They're not getting the skin contact, but they might be having a Zoom happy hour with a group that, of people that they hadn't seen in a long time. And also family members and large groups of families who are all in different locations getting together 
together and sharing some time together and even at least FaceTime together, even if it's not skin time together, people are, are coping in all different kinds of ways. So people are being creative with the constraints that they're living under. Before we get into the services that uh, the council provides, I do want to talk about one other thing, and that is the PTSD that many are experiencing, not only from the anxiety of the experience of having to be socially isolated, but also in many cases, people who are not able to properly mourn because funeral services are now not the way that they really traditionally have been where people are allowed the ritual of saying goodbye. Sometimes they're not even allowed to do that. And then compounding that, those who uh, have COVID-19 and have been intubated and have been on ventilators can experience trauma as well. So those are some additional challenges I think that many people are experiencing right now. Absolutely. So the grieving process and closure and all of those issues, you know, very difficult and challenged right now. And yes, so people who have contracted COVID-19 and are in the hospital and aren't able to see their loved ones, and then the loved ones who want to be with them and can't be with them. So there is a lot that's being experienced by people of just extremely challenging today. Well, so let's begin talking about what your organization provides. There are still a lot of folks who don't necessarily feel comfortable seeking this kind of help. There's still a lot of stigma attached to mental illness and behavioral issues. And yet we know that having the opportunity to have to speak to someone who is a professional can be tremendously positive and very helpful. Can you tell us more about some of the services that you guys provide? Sure. Well, at Council for Relationships, we believe that everyone can benefit from therapy at some time in their life. And for some people that they're going through a certain phase or there's something that they're going through that they need to talk with someone and other people, it's on an ongoing basis. And I think with COVID-19, for many of us, we benefit from, from talking to someone. So... Council for Relationships uh, was founded in 1932 as the Marriage Council of Philadelphia. And so for 88 years has been providing um, care to people, counseling, using the family systems approach. Really, even if an individual is coming in for therapy, they're um, talking to their therapist and talking about issues as far as their system is concerned. Their family members, their loved ones, their relationships, and how that impacts their life, their level of happiness their health, and their productivity. So we last year served 6,000 people and a third were at low or no fee. So that's an important part of our mission of just getting people high quality mental health care. Deb, the challenge right now is that we're not allowed to uh, have this kind of face-to-face contact. So what are some of the things that you are doing currently to adjust to this pandemic situation? So it's really interesting. We started to develop our online therapy program about two years ago. So as I said, last year, we saw 6,000 people. Almost all of them were face-to-face, in-person therapy. And we were having some trouble getting our online therapy program started in terms of getting people new clients for Council for Relationships who would come and talk to somebody online. As far as licensure is concerned, we're able to serve people throughout the state of Pennsylvania and throughout the state of New Jersey. So we did some advertising and we were trying to get the word out with um, very little success. And then kind of on a dime in mid-March, all of our services went from being in-person, face-to-face to online, 
through video conferencing, so which we have said is the next best thing to being in person. And the transition was made very successfully. We have some therapists who, you know, technology is not necessarily their favorite thing, but they embrace, I guess not physically, but virtually embrace going online and serving their current clients and then taking on new clients with, with video conferencing. And that's that's all gone very smoothly. I think uh, really one great takeaway from our conversation is the fact that the Council for Relationships provides counseling that is affordable. I, I think there are a lot of folks who are thinking, you know, there's a, a certain kind of stereotype of the psychiatrist, the couch, and $300 an hour. And that's not what you guys are about. You do provide opportunities for people who may not think that they can afford therapy this uh, chance to do that. Yes, we provide therapy on a sliding fee scale. We have staff therapists who charge fees that vary depending on their levels of experience and their expertise. But we also have low fee therapy services that people who have lower incomes can qualify to pay between $15 and $45 a session. And then that actually slides down to zero. So I consider it somewhat like a teaching hospital because we have our therapists who are like doctors and then we have um, therapists and training who are closely supervised by the senior therapists who are also providing high quality care. So we, we're serving everybody at every every level of the spectrum in terms of what they can afford. Well, now is a great time to really have a discussion with you and with all of us, because mental health is a challenge for a lot of folks, even in the best of circumstances. I think many people out there are experiencing a whole lot of stress, all the uncertainty that we face, because we really don't know what tomorrow will bring. And some people are good at coping with that, and some people not so much. And there is an opportunity for people to get support and help through the Council for Relationships. If people would like to get in touch with you guys and set something up, how do they do that? So our website is uh, councilforrelationships.org and our telephone number is 215-382-6680 and then you press extension 1 um, to speak to our client care team. We also have two special initiatives in response to COVID-19 right now. Do you mind if I tell you about those? I would love to hear about it. One of our initiatives is that we are providing free mental health services, free therapy with therapists through our Those Who Care for the Community initiative which is free therapy for healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, people working in medical facilities, as well as other essential workers, the people on the front lines uh, working in grocery stores, making deliveries, working on SEPTA and other transit, who are helping our community go forward and do what it needs to do now, but making it possible for us to to get what we need, you know, our essential services. So we're providing free therapy to them right now. And it's called the Those Who Care for the Community Initiative. And people can contact us through our website or our client care team. As I described, we also have a special website for that, councilforrelationships.org slash those who care. So people are able to get free therapy services through that. And our other initiative is our LOPI therapy services expansion, which is we always have, as we described, that we are able to provide therapy for lower fees for those who can't afford a regular market rate. And so basically now we have staff therapists who are 
taking a reduced rate in order to help people who have uh, lower incomes because they are being disproportionately affected by COVID-19. They probably already have chronic health issues. They live in neighborhoods that are more dense, more densely populated. They are often the frontline workers who are making everything possible for for the rest of us to survive at this time. So they're able to um, come to us and we, we had a waiting list. Our waiting list has grown since the beginning of September. First half of September, our waiting list grew from 175 people to 240 people. Wow. Because COVID-19 is affecting people. Also, some people have lost their jobs or they're under economic stress. So some people who might have afforded a staff therapist fee in the past can't afford that right now. So they're qualifying for our lower fees. So basically, we are raising funds for both of these initiatives to make it possible for the essential workers, including the healthcare workers and people who have lower incomes. This entire group is being disproportionately affected by COVID-19. So we're raising funds to provide that mental health care, which is so important right now. Oh, that's fantastic and uh, very much needed. And I guess for all of our listeners out there, your final message must be that there is help out there, that you're not alone, that even in the darkest times, that there is a simple phone call that one can make to get some support during this pandemic. Absolutely. People should reach out to us at Council for Relationships at 215-382-6680, extension 1, or our website, councilforrelationships.org. They need support or if they would like to support the free mental health services that we're providing to the people being mostly affected by COVID-19 right now. That's great. So you can get help and you can give help by going to that website, Deb D'Arcangelo, CEO of Council for Relationships. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Lorraine. I'm Councilwoman Cindy Bass, and Philadelphians have a constitutional right to vote. But no one should have to risk their health to vote because of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you're uncomfortable going to the polls, you can vote by mail in the June 2nd primary. Visit www.philadelphiavotes.com to get an application or call one 877 votes PA and select option three. Don't delay. Be sure to apply by May 26th and return your ballot on or before June 2nd. Stay safe, Philly. You're listening to Insight. I'm Lorraine Ballard-Morrow, and I am so delighted to be interviewing the people that we're going to be talking with today. They are in recognition of their amazing, outstanding work in the healthcare business. Independence Blue Cross, in partnership with iHeartRadio, has announced its 2020 Celebrate Caring winners and honorees. Celebrate Caring recognizes outstanding nurses in the greater Philadelphia region. The award is happens every year, but because of the COVID-19 epidemic, we are doing this virtually. And joining us today is Colleen Cavanaugh. She's Vice President of Marketing for Independence Blue Cross. Kim Meyer, who is at Einstein Medical Center. Andrea Kirsch, who's at Axia Women's Health and Women for Women. And Stacey Lang, who is at Lehigh Valley Hospital, Muhlenberg. 
I want to thank you all for joining us. And I'm going to start with you, Colleen. And I want you to tell us, what is this Celebrate Caring? And why are we honoring these amazing individuals today? So Celebrate Caring is something that Independence Blue Cross started last year. And it really is to shine a light on all the amazing work that nurses do to support patients, families, members of the community, and really give recognition to those nurses that are on the front line and really the backbone of our healthcare system. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that now more than ever, we see the incredible importance of nurses and their contribution and never has that been more clear to us than during this pandemic. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's begin by talking with one of the honorees, Kim Meyer, Einstein Medical Center. Hello. Hello. Now you are a nurse on the cardiac ICU floor at Einstein, and now that's a COVID-19 floor. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that's been like for you. I understand that you're the kind of person who really likes to give hugs, right? But this is not the time to do that. So that's got to be kind of challenging, right? Yeah, but I still get to hold a lot of hands. So that makes me feel better, for sure. Yeah. So one of the challenges, too, is the fact that you are recently married, right? And I think that so many healthcare workers have to deal with the challenge of being right there on the front lines and also, you know, protecting your family as well. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that thought process is for you. You know, you are dedicated. You want to be out there where you're needed. And yet at the same time, you know, your family's at home and you want to make sure that they're safe, too. So let's talk about how that is for you. Yeah, definitely. So it's very hard because I have not seen my parent since the beginning of March. But luckily, I only live with my husband. So we have a whole thing where I like disinfect when I get home. A lot of us at work at the hospital, we change at work after our shift is over. So we come home in plain clothing. But even so, I, I change when I get home. So he's the only one that I've been in contact with. Luckily, you know, he has no past medical history and we're pretty... I guess like healthy, but yeah, no, it's been super hard not being able to be around family, especially because I I love hugging people Yeah, (laughs) and I want to hug my mom and my dad. Well, you had the opportunity to be honored and, uh, and I'm going to ask this of all of our guests today, but what was it like when you found out that you were being honored by Independence Blue Cross? It's such a beautiful, humbling feeling. I feel honored, especially during this year. I think we can all attest that this is probably the hardest time I've experience in my nursing career. I mean, I've been a nurse for eight years, but you know, obviously we've never lived through like the Spanish flu or the flu that happened in the 60s. So this is something new for all of us. And for it to be this year, I I feel privileged and very, very honored to get this award. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. And we congratulate you. Let's go to Andrea Kirsch from Axia Women's Health. How did you find out that you were one of the honorees? I was told that I was going to have a Zoom meeting with a number 
number of the providers in our office. Very sneaky. Yes. And um, <laughs> unlike the other nurses that are being honored, I have been furloughed. So I have not been on the front lines and I have not been working. So I thought this was a Zoom meeting, getting everybody back together and hearing when we're going to be going back to work full time again. And it ended up being something obviously completely different. But they did a lovely presentation and my office manager was there, the um, head doctor in our practice and uh, the president of the company were there. And of course, all the people from Independent Blue Cross. So it was quite a surprise. And I was just amazed through the whole thing. Well, one of the reasons why you were nominated and received this award is that you had a particular patient who you guided from a miscarriage to a successful delivery of her second pregnancy. And what I can say about that is that, you know, when a person goes through that kind of challenge, there's so many raw emotions there. And apparently it was your compassion and your ability to empathize with this patient that really touched her personally. And I wonder if you can talk about your relationship with that patient. At first, I wasn't sure what patient it was that had, you know, written the letter. And then I quickly realized who it was. She is a patient that I've known for quite some time. I've been in this practice for 20 years and probably known her for maybe, you know, 10 years of time I've been working there. And this, interestingly enough, was her sixth baby. And it was just, you know, she was feeling really down. She had had a miscarriage and um, then had complications in the subsequent pregnancy. And, you know, I had to reassure her a lot during the entire pregnancy that ultimately I think things were going to be fine. And I guess the icing on the cake was that I happened to be in the area near labor and delivery the moment she was delivering. Wow. So I stopped in and and said hi, and she had a beautiful delivery and delivered a really healthy baby boy. So it was it was lovely. Yeah. Well, that has to be very satisfying. I mean, I think what's really cool is that you've been in this business for not, you know, one year, not two, but, you know, for many years. And to be able to, yeah, okay, a lot, a lot of years, decades, but you've been able to really have a relationship with your patients. It's not like you see them and goodbye. You really have developed like a connection with them. You know, I have worked in other areas of nursing and this one area of doing well women care. You tend to see the same people, you know, whether yearly or, you know, a few times a year and you do really develop a a nice warm relationship with them. And certainly that patient was one of them. All right, let's turn to Stacey Lang, Lehigh Valley Hospital. So what was it like when you were made aware that you had received this acknowledgement, this award? Well, my sister's a nurse as well, but now she does like insurance utilization review in Washington, D.C. So she told me that I was doing a bedside nurse interview of somebody who's working in a hospital with COVID patients for her work. So she said she thought that that would have mean I dressed up, but I was definitely in a hoodie and in my relaxation mode. And then she surprised me and told me that she had nominated me for this award and I was chosen. I think my first reaction was just shocked and then obviously thrilled and excited. But at first, like, wow. I can't believe it. Well, you know, I think that uh, one of the things I find in common with all of the nurses that I've spoken to is that it's not about the accolades, right? It's really about the job that you do. It's really about your personal commitment and it's your calling, right? Definitely. I think like that's what it was for me. I've done other jobs in the past. I was a teacher in the past and I love teaching. Don't get me wrong. But ever since I've been nursing, I just feel like it was what I was born to do, like how you describe it, like a calling. And I think that's why winning this award was so shocking because nurses in general don't do it for the awards or the 
accolades. It's just something that we show up and we do every day. And the cool thing about nursing is like, look at the diversity of the people that won the award and the honorees. There's so many different avenues for nurses to help people. It's amazing. In the nomination that your sister provided, she shared a story about how you helped a patient with stage four cancer. And I wonder if you can tell us about that. Yeah, my floor is medical surgical. So we get regular surgery patients, but we also have oncology and hospice patients. And this particular patient was relatively young. I think it was either late 40s or early 50s. And he had an only child who was 17. And he was just very inspirational. You know, here he is within a month or two facing his own death, but more completely concerned about what was going to happen to his daughter who'd be starting college in the fall. And the one oncologist that we work with, Dr. Gupta, is fantastic. Uh, She always gives her oncology patients. She encourages them to express their emotions and gives them blank cards in case they want to leave their thoughts for loved ones. So the one day I was like bawling my eyes out helping him write, I think it was her 18th birthday card in this blank card. And he was just so composed, but due to the pain, couldn't write anymore. So we had to write for him. So he would dictate his words and then we recorded them. And then he would sign his signature at the end of the card. And I left work that day just thinking, wow, this is such a nice thing she did for him. But then I thought about myself as a female. And if I had lost my dad at 17, all the life events like college graduation, engagement, first child, wedding, everything like that, that he'd missed. So then I just stopped at Walgreens and bought a bunch of those more targeted life event cards so that when I went back the next day, I helped him write one more, which again, tearjerker, because that's so hard to do, but um, so rewarding as well. And then over the course of his stay, the next week or so, the rest of the nurses helped write the rest. And he was going to give them to a family friend that was going to keep them safe until she reaches those events and give them to her. And I just think to be able to give someone back even a small piece of a loved one they've lost is everything. I mean, how often do you hear them say, if only I had one more day, I just wish I could talk to them again. And he or she won't be there physically, but his words will be there with her on all those events. Wow, that that is amazing. Colleen, as you hear all of these stories, I imagine that It just brings home how important it is to acknowledge these very special individuals. I mean, nurses, by definition, are all about giving. These nurses in particular kind of are sort of above and beyond. So tell us more about how you feel having had a chance to to look at all of the people who there are 1,200 candidates, I think, and these were the ones that, that rose to the top. Yes. I mean, it was very difficult to our winners because nurses just do incredible, incredible things. And hearing these ladies share even more about their stories, it's just so impressive because it's not just, you know, the basics of doing their job of being a nurse. I think what comes with that and what we're hearing from all of these ladies is making those connections with those patients, whether it's a patient that you have over a year like Andrea, or if it's somebody who is maybe just on your floor, if you're a floor nurse, you know, only there for a couple of days. It's that long-term impact that these nurses have on patients' lives, as well as the lives of their family members. I mean, the compassion that they share, that they show their patients as well as the families is really remarkable and can really take that journey, whichever journey that person is on. Sometimes it's the happy things, the birth of a baby, right? But that can be difficult as well, as we heard through the story. And then there's those other times that are so difficult. And to be able to share of yourself 
to help people through those journeys is just an incredible gift. And it's a special person that's able to do that for others. So, you know, at Independence, we really wanted to be able to recognize, you know, those sides of nursing and how diverse nursing is and the impact that nurses have on the health of our communities and on the health system overall and and what an integral part that they play in that delivery system. And, And we are so thankful for the work that nurses do every day. And especially during this time of COVID-19, it's thank you all for everything that you do every day for your patients and for the community. And I'd like to give each of you uh, the final word. Kim, what does it mean to be a nurse? What has this meant for you personally? I think it means being an extension of family in the sense of you are the patient's advocate. You are the patient's educator. You're essentially caring for people. So I think being a nurse to me means being an extension of family to patients in my community. What about you, Andrea? I very much agree with Kim. I mean, I've been in nursing a very long time and it's evolved into, it wasn't always the same as it is today. So for me, it's really about giving and caring and just making sure that when people really are sick or they need you, that you're there for them and you just do your very best to ethically and emotionally and everything just to do your very, very best to take care of people and help them. Stacy, what about you? For me, being a nurse means being a light and a hope for your patients. When patients go in the hospital, a lot of times, sometimes it's their first time and they're terrified. And you're the person that they turn to for hope to calm them down, help them get over their anxieties. And not only that, but like Kim said, nurses are so many things. You have to be a cheerleader, motivate your patients to get out of bed and get moving. You have to be an educator, help them learn about all the stuff they need to know about their medications and everything at home. But for me, I think the thing that I said first was just to be that hope for those people. And they look to you and they trust us so much because we're there with them, like Kim said, holding their hands through the toughest times of their lives. And I can certainly uh, second that. As I had shared with Colleen a while back when we first talked about this program before the selections were made, I had my own personal experience with a nurse who really helped me as my mother was uh, living her last days. And just how compassionate and comforting that nurse was for me made all the difference. So I will always be especially appreciative of what it is to be a nurse because You are there when, you know, sometimes you're able to say things and do things that no one else can and provide comfort and advice and support in ways that even family members can't always do. So for that, we thank you. And we are so delighted that you're being honored. Colleen, finally, if people would like to know more about these fantastic nurses, I know that their stories are listed on your website. Tell us more about that. Yes. Thank you, Lorraine. If you want to learn more about all of our wonderful winners, and we also have five winners and nine honorees this year, please go to ibx.com slash nurses, and you'll be able to see bios on all of our winners and pictures, some video content from each of the winners where you can learn more about their stories. So huge thank you to all of our nurses here today, as well as those nurses out uh, in the community helping in so many different disciplines to to really improve the lives of people in our communities. I'd like to thank you all once again. Colleen Cavanaugh, Vice President of Marketing for Independence Blue Cross. Kim Meyer, who is an RN at Einstein Medical Center right in Philadelphia. Andrea Kirsch, Axia Women's Health. Stacey Lang, Lehigh Valley Hospital 
in Muhlenberg, all winners of the 2020 Celebrate Caring Awards sponsored by Independence Blue Cross and iHeart is just very honored to be a part of this as well. Thank you, ladies, for everything you do, everything that you're going to be doing. Be safe and be well. We thank you so much. You can listen to all of today's interviews by going to our website and typing in keyword community and clicking on the podcast tab. You can also listen on the iHeartRadio app, keyword Lorraine with one R. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Lorraine Ballard. I'm Lorraine Ballard Morrill, and I stand for service to our community and media that empowers. What will you stand for? You've been listening to Insight, and thank you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.